This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Just what a privilege to be together again. Look at this beautiful view. Uh, just God's nature declares His glory and His fullness and His life. And uh, yeah, we miss a lot of you. We've started with some big groups this week already. And it's just so amazing to see how people connect with each other and uh, even behind the mask and all the regulations. You know, um, being the church is so important in this time. Our theme for the year is uh, to become and to make obedient disciples that are rooted in Christ. And in this time, we need to be rooted in Christ. We need to be rooted in His Word. And we need to act on obedience and uh, make disciples. And that's why uh, this is actually an amazing opportunity for us to be the church and to realize that it's not an event that determines whether church is going on or not. You know, a lot of people are saying, hey, church have been on lockdown, you know, but no, or church has closed. Church hasn't closed. Church has just been commissioned. It's just been sent all across the world. And that's why we so excited that you're watching in and streaming in from all over the world. That's what um, church is also about. And so uh, today I'm going to speak about something that I spoke about last year. And I was just so challenged in my own faith and my own heart, you know, uh, to have boldness. And uh, boldness is uh, something that comes from the Holy Spirit. You know, boldness is is what gives us that confidence um, in Christ. And uh, we've all seen this little picture of the cat standing in front of the mirror and then the image of the mirror uh, is a lion, you know, a lion roaring. And um, and so, yes, in the world we have this thing that says, hey, just be self-confident, just be self-reliant, just be independent and that's not what boldness is about um, <clears throat> boldness actually starts with us being very vulnerable and very weak and realizing our own shortcomings realizing uh, that that we're not in control so boldness starts with surrender because it's a boldness in Christ and we're going to look at some of those things and challenges and I want to start with a testimony you know um, I remember years ago uh, the Lord just gave us a dream and I had a specific dream of going to the nation of Nepal. And uh, maybe some of you have heard this testimony before, but um, you hear the shortened version this morning, not the long version. You know, um, I have this friend, Pastor Stephen Lungu, you know, he says, you know, give me the long version and then two and a half hours later. But uh, this is the shortened version. And so <clears throat> I had a dream, go to Nepal. I've never read about Nepal, anything. We started to search and then we realized like, sure, it's a Hindu kingdom. You're not allowed to go in, preach the gospel, anything like that. It's really closed and there was a lot of... Uh, just turmoil and challenges and almost a civil war in the nation. And so all the borders was closed at that stage because of the war. Uh, and the Lord said, go. <laughs> you know? We said, it's impossible. But I love when God gives you a mandate that seems impossible. Maybe this morning in some of your lives, uh, there's impossibilities in your life. Maybe you think like, I can't get out of this. But God majors on impossibilities. God loves it when we're not in control and He gets control of our lives. Yeah. And um, so here we go. He said, we said, okay, we're going to go, you know, and, and yo, I, I tell you, it was tough. And so the Lord gave us actually, as we were praying, a specific date to go in uh, end of June. And, uh, you know, you could still book tickets, but the civil war started. It just increased. 
And so by faith, we booked the tickets for two weeks. Uh, it was crazy. The toughest thing for me wasn't stepping out in faith. The toughest thing was the Christians. I call them the unbelieving believers. You, the criticism, the slander, the the stuff people were saying about how stupid we are to waste money on tickets when we know it's impossible to go. So we booked it for two weeks, specific dates. Um, it was actually crazy. And so it, it what started to happen is we... We realized like, yo, you know, the dates came closer and closer and two weeks before the time, there was still no way we could get in. We couldn't even get a visa, um, but the Lord started to work and the Lord started to just say, us, hey, you are going to go. A week before we were supposed to fly, they announced a ceasefire and uh, declared peace in the place. It was crazy. We flew in, <laughs> you know, the ceasefire stopped three or four days after we came back and so for two weeks every day as we were there we marched around that palace in Kathmandu we just walked around and said Lord let your kingdom come now the gospel was not allowed to be preached nothing nobody could come in we just say Lord let your kingdom come yeah and that was so crazy you know we all know the story Nepal eventually that Hindu kingdom fell uh, today, one of the greatest revivals, the country with the greatest growing of the church next to China is in Nepal. You know, churches are being planted. Wow. That was more than 20 years ago. Um, and we just prayed in that place. And so God would sometimes ask us to just boldly step out. Maybe it's something personally. Maybe it's something in your heart. Maybe it's an old habit you need to break. Uh, God wants to release that boldness over us. So the first part where we need to have boldness, and that is a boldness to approach God. You know, I had this image of God of the being this old man with a stick up there that just are sin conscious and he just wants to slam us over the head and am I a good Christian, a bad Christian? But listen to this in Hebrews 4 verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of Christ that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of Christ, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews 10 says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest of holies by the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. So the writer to the Hebrews, if you understand the book of Hebrews, was all about sacrificial law, about all the you know, deep themes running. It's a beautiful book, very deep on the religious law and what Jesus came to fulfill. But he says, we must boldly come to the throne of Christ. Because if you walk into the throne room of God, there's going to be somebody else there. <laughs> yeah? And he's there permanent, not permanently, but he enters there many times. It's called the devil. And you know what his name is? In the throne room of God is the accuser of the brethren. He accuses the children of God day and night. If you and I don't approach this throne of grace with boldness, we're going to listen to the accuser. And the accuser will tell you you're worth nothing. You can't make it. There's no way out for you. But there's a throne of Christ. It's not the throne of judgment. It's not the throne of the wrath of God. But when you approach the throne of grace, you obtain mercy and help in time of need. And we need to know that God is merciful, He's kind, He's slow to anger, He's long-suffering. 
It's amazing. If you don't understand the heart of God, then you're always going to try to come to God because you think he's a wrathful God and he wants to judge you. You know, that's what, unfortunately, what some of the more Calvinistic reform type of beliefs bring is like, hey, if you don't understand the wrath of God, you're not actually saved. But I was speaking to a guy last week again. I was saying, hey, what, what hogwash, you know, what nonsense. Because when was, did the disciples get saved? Was they ran away? They, they, they were so full of nonsense all the time. Even with Jesus, even Jesus' own brother only got saved after the resurrection. So they didn't understand their salvation. What about the guy on the cross next to Jesus? He didn't understand stuff. It wasn't a knowledge. It was a hot transformation relationship with God. And so, if we don't understand that there's a throne of grace, then we're going to be Always right or wrong, accusation. We're sitting under the wrong tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But there's a throne of grace. And you need boldness to approach God because your flesh is going to say, don't read the word, don't get into God, don't listen to God, don't be hungry for God, look at the world. There's a lot of stuff that wants to keep you away from boldly entering into the Holy of Holies. And then the second thing it says there, how do we approach? By the blood of Jesus. (laughs) By the blood of Jesus. We have access because Jesus made a way. Not through our own strength, not through our own weaknesses, not through what we've done, but through Him. Listen to this in 1 John 4 verse 17 to 18. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. You know, if you approach God with fear, with a worldly negative fear, you're going to be tormented. But in the day of judgment, there'll be a boldness to stand before him. Why? Because love has been perfected through Jesus. And so the opposite of fear is not faith, it's love, perfect love. And so come boldly to God. Resist the devil. Resist the accuser of the brethren because you have a mediator in the throne room of God. You have a mediator of the new covenant. You have a mediator that stands before you and God. And that is the freedom we have. You know? The second thing that we need is the boldness to ask. A boldness to ask God. Listen to this in Matthew 21 verse 22. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. So you have to ask before you've seen you have to ask the lord approach when you come to him ask him lay down your burdens before him so when you come to him you know your perception of god will determine how you you are going to respond to him if you think he's this old man it's like the guys with the talents you know the one with the one talent said because i perceived you to be a man who reaps where you have not sown therefore i took the talent and i hid it in the ground his perception was that this man this god this this boss of his is going to really, really be tough on him. And so he responded because of his own perception of who his master was. So how do you respond when it comes to God? You know, what do you think when you think about God? Who? What is your image? Is he a good father or is he a wrathful God? You know, because that's going to determine how you're going to open up your heart. Are you going to trust? And so that's the first part is boldness to come to him, boldness to ask, boldness to enter. And so once you've then been with God, there's a boldness to be obedient. There's a boldness to begin to live out this life. And more than ever, we as the church must stand up. You know, Isaiah said, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. 
Arise and shine. Although deep darkness may cover the earth, the Lord's light and His glory will shine over you. It's not time to draw back. And I remember, yes, sometimes you're going to be faced with fear. When we walked around that palace in in Nepal, in Kathmandu, it was tough. Because your head starts to spin. Your body starts to say, hey, you're going to die here, you know. And I've been in so many situations in Pakistan, you know, where we um, remember one night we were driving back. Uh, we're in Karachi and we're stopping and it's like in the movies, you know, you just feel people, somebody's going to shoot you with a bazooka, you know. And uh, so the the pastor, I, I was, it was actually a very funny moment because we we're sitting in this car and uh, I thought like, oh, at least the pastor is fine. You know, the guy we dri- was driving us around and then the pastor said, because we had this rule, confess everything. If you're afraid, confess it immediately. Make right immediately. <laughs> and so I thought like, because the guys in the car with us started to confess and say, oh, they're afraid. And the, but the pastor didn't say anything. And so I was thinking like, yeah, yeah, because the pastor says this, nothing, we're still fine because he lives here, you know. And the next moment the pastor said, um, I think we're going to die. <laughs> oh, you know, I almost wet my pants, you know, because <laughs> in those moments when you're faced with death, you know. But what then there's a boldness that just kicks in and say, hey, life and death is in the hands of God. You know, and uh, just one of those testimonies when we drove back, we had to get to the airport in uh, Karachi. And there was just, it was a quiet week. They said 22 bombs went off in that week. 22 bombs just in Karachi. And so we're driving back and we lost our way. Uh, It was Friday, 12 o'clock. The mosque came out. An angry mob approached us. And it was crazy, you know. I remember we stopped in this little alley and the mob, the mosque, the people came out of the mosque, but, and we're sitting in the car. And this one guy, the guy in front, I'll never forget his face with his beard, walked up to the car and he slammed his fist on the, on the bonnet. And I thought, okay, today we're going to die. And he just stared us, at us in the car. And the next moment, they all turned around and started to just walk past. About 300 men walked past the car as if they didn't see us in the car. It was crazy. And that day I knew that my life was in the hands of God and is in the hands of God. My life is with God, you know. And so once God has given you that mandate, there's a boldness to be obedient. Listen to this in Acts 4 verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Wow. When they saw the boldness of the disciples, they said, wow, these guys don't have the training. They don't have everything going. But they've been with Jesus. They were boldly with Christ. They got their freedom and their boldness from intimacy with Christ. And they were untrained and uneducated men. (laughs) But the people marveled. Why? Because Jesus was reflected and it's so beautiful to see just hearing the testimonies uh, hearing of a group of men even this week just people going through tough times but people lost their jobs and they're hanging on to christ they say hey we're more joyful now than ever before why because we know what's valuable is our relationship with christ and with our family listen to this in acts 4 verse 29 to 31 once we are obedient there's a boldness to proclaim Listen to the prayer the first disciples pray. I, I, my prayer this morning is that your prayers will be wild and bold. That you'll start to dream big in the things of God. Even if nothing in the natural looks like it's going to work out. 
Look at how big God is. Listen to this in Acts 4 verse 29 to 31. Now Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. By stretching out your hand to heal and that, that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your, body, your holy servant Jesus. Verse 31 of Acts 4. And when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Wow. Boldness to proclaim. Boldness to speak. They said, you know, there were persecution and tough times. And you know what they pray? Say, Lord, give us boldness to just be more bold. (laughs) Most of us and probably, yeah, I would like, oh, Lord, please protect me. Oh, Lord, please. Like, you know, this is the time for the church to arise. This is the time for the church not to be silent. Your family wants to hear who Christ is in you. You know, the people around you, this is the time when so many people are afraid and are hopeless. Send them a message. Send them a WhatsApp message. Send them a testimony. Yeah, It is It is just so great to be the church, you know. And, and I really want to commend people that's been just generously giving, you know, to the church, to the finances of the church, to body serve. It is just so amazing to see that that Christians are not controlled by money. And I want to encourage you, find places to sow seed and, and, and be generous. See how God works, you know. Listen to this in Ephesians 3 verse 8 to 12. This is how Paul sees himself. To me who am less than the least of all the saints, the grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God may be made known by the church to the principalities and the powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. It's faith in him. It says, we as the church should proclaim to the spiritual realm who Christ is. God has got no plan B. It's the church. <laughs> it is the church. Yeah. And I was, I was just challenged in the last two weeks. You know, I had this opportunity to go and speak to some of the heads of police and we were all lining up there in the corridor. And, uh, and then you get a bit intimidated because the brigadier is standing here and some heads of the police and the detectives and all the people. And I, and I realized like, wow, spoke about Hebrews chapter 12 it says run the race. Yeah. Keep on running the race. Look unto Jesus, yeah? I'm so excited because God is working a greater boldness just to believe, to ask for big things, but to ask for this nation to turn. When I see all these negative things in America and all the racism, which is so ugly. Racism is ugly. It's from the devil. It divides people. And God has made people equal in the sight of God, you know? And we say like, hey, God, you've got a plan. You know? Then in Acts chapter 3, verse 6 to 7, we have a boldness that comes from an authority in God. It's not because we are strong or because we have arrived or we're better than the church around the corner. Then Peter said in verse 6, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. He says, it's not the money, but what I do have is I've got authority in Christ. I've got the name of Jesus. I've got the presence of Jesus in my life. And therefore, he commanded this guy to stand up. He says, what I do have, I give to you. See, it's not natural things that determine who we are. It's spiritual things. And when you and I have this authority, like Peter says, hey, I don't have silver and gold. I I, I can try to fix your problem in the natural, but your problem is a spiritual problem. I do have that. 
and I'm stepping into that authority. So I'm, I want to encourage you, but challenge you. Step into your authority. Jesus said, look, I've given you all authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and all the powers of the enemy. For some of us, we need to take authority over the spirit of heaviness. You need to take boldly and say, no, this accusation, I'm stopping it in Jesus' name. These lies over my family, no more. You have to take authority because the devil is going to listen to you when you say it in the name of Jesus. And so I want to encourage you, but challenge you, don't hold back. Don't believe the lie of the devil. Don't settle for second best. The last scripture I want to read is in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 5 to 7. Now he who has prepared us for this very things is God, who has also given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. He says we have a guarantee. Your boldness doesn't come because hey, you've read through the Bible 20 times. Boldness comes from an authority, but it comes because you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that word for guarantee is the word arabon, which is the word a seal of promise. A seal of promise. You know, it's, it's almost this picture of this old, the old kings, you know, in the Old Testament. And the stories that we've read is sometimes they put a letter out and then there was a seal in wax that they put onto the letter and the king's stamp was put on that seal. It's like a guarantee that this is the original. If that seal was broken of that letter, hey, you were in trouble. But the receiver opened up that seal and says, hey, there's a guarantee that this is the king's message. <laughs> and so it's the same here. We read it. It says, hey, we have a guarantee. We have an Arabon. There's a down payment, a deposit that, hey, we're just passing through this life. And that's what he says. We have been prepared for the things of God because the Holy Spirit is a deposit. If I'm going to buy something, I'm going to buy a house, I'm going to buy a car or whatever I'm going to buy, I put down a deposit. Say so the rest is to come. So that is the picture of the Holy Spirit, the Arabon, the deposit, the guarantee on our lives. So our boldness comes from a guarantee. We've been guaranteed the promises of God, guaranteed eternal life, guaranteed that, hey, while we're here on earth, even if we're absent from the Lord in that way, we walk by faith, not by sight. Yeah, that gives you such boldness. Walk by faith, not by sight. Walk by faith, not by sight. I want to encourage you, don't lose your faith. Don't let your faith be shipwrecked in this time. Don't neglect your salvation. Walk with a boldness and begin to ask God. And maybe you've, you've lost track a bit, but then write down the promises of God. Go and remind yourself. You know, uh, we were sharing and, and Sorrel was sharing this morning and, and Jan Leroux, you know, on, on, on just how... The Jews, whenever they were going through a tough time, they would sit the whole family down at the table and then they would bring out all the things God has done. They'll remind themselves of the promises of God, but also the great breakthroughs God has done in the past. And then they will invite the Lord to the table to come and do it again. A testimony. They would share the testimonies of God because testimonies invite God to come and do it again. It's in the Jewish culture. We've lost those cultures because we get negative, critical. We focus on what is not happening. So I want to pray for you today 
Maybe you've lost track with your relationship with God. Maybe you've lost track with the promises and the faith in God. I want to pray that you'll turn your heart back to Him and with boldness approach the throne room of God again. And then with boldness be obedient to what He's called you and I to do. So let's pray together. Maybe you don't know the Lord and you're listening to us. Then I want to first pray a prayer of commitment. And you can follow after me. You can kneel right there where you are. Or just open up your heart to God and say, God, I've lost my first love. I've lost this bold, intimate relationship with you. Then, hey, there's a throne room of grace for you. Enter it boldly by the blood of Jesus. Not your own righteousness, but by the blood of Jesus. So, Father, we approach you boldly today by the blood of Jesus. Thank you that the veil has been torn. Lord, you've given us access into the heavenlies. And, Lord, we understand the throne room of grace. Grace in time of trouble when we need help. Lord, we pray, and I pray today that you will silence the voice of the accuser. But here we are as sinners, and we commit our lives to you, Lord. Lord, come and save us. Come and heal us. Forgive us our sins. We repent, and we confess that you are our only hope. Come and wash us clean by your blood. Give us a new life, Lord. We want to be born again and become your disciples. Lord, here we are. Take our lives as we surrender to you. We want to follow you. I want to follow you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, (laughs) and be your child in this time, in Jesus' name. And now, Father, I pray for those who've lost boldness, who've lost our hunger, Lord, who got confused. Lord, I take authority over the lies of the enemy in Jesus' name. Lord, we take authority over every heaviness, every spirit of bondage again to fear. Lord, every fear, every failure, everything that is ministering to your people at this time, Lord, that wants them to just hide and just run away. No, Lord, let your church arise. Lord, not in our own righteousness, but in what Christ has done. Lord, let your blood speak again over every family, every relationship, but especially over our nation. Lord, come and shake the buildings again of the world. So that, Lord, your presence will remain. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are our guarantee and that you give us that boldness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We love you and I hope to see you soon. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share. Sing.